Teacher. Good morning, Sarah. How are you today? Sarah. Good morning, Mr. Johnson. I'm fine, thank you. Teacher. That's great to hear, Sarah. I wanted to talk to you about an important topic today. Adjectives. Adjectives are words that describe nouns or pronouns. They help us give more information about things. Are you familiar with adjectives? Sarah. Yes, I know a little about them. Teacher. Fantastic. So, let's explore adjectives together. I'll start with a basic example. Let's talk about the adjective sexy. It's a word that describes someone or something that is attractive and appealing. However, it's important to note that sexy is a term that can sometimes be inappropriate or make people uncomfortable, so we need to use it carefully and in appropriate contexts. Sarah. I understand, Mr. Johnson. Can you give me more examples of adjectives? Teacher. Of course. Here are a few examples of adjectives. Beautiful, happy, big, small, interesting, delicious, and funny. Adjectives can help us provide more details about people, places, or things. For instance, we can say she has a beautiful smile or I saw a big elephant at the zoo. These adjectives make our sentences more descriptive and interesting. Sarah. I see. Can you give me an example using sexy in an appropriate context? Teacher. Certainly, Sarah. Let's use the word sexy in a sentence that is both appropriate and descriptive. How about this? The actor wore a stylish suit and looked very confident on the red carpet. Many people thought he was really handsome and sexy. In this example, we describe the actor's appearance using positive and appropriate language. Sarah. Oh, I understand now. So, we should be careful when using the word sexy and make sure it's suitable for the situation. Teacher. Exactly, Sarah. It's crucial to be mindful of the words we choose and how we use them. Language plays a significant role in communication, so we want to make sure we are respectful and considerate of others. Sarah. I'll remember that, Mr. Johnson. Can you give me more examples of adjectives? Teacher. Absolutely. Let's practice some more. How about the adjective tall? It describes someone or something that has a greater height than average. For instance, we can say he is a tall basketball player or the tree in our backyard is very tall. Adjectives like tall help us paint a clearer picture and make our descriptions more precise. Sarah. I'm starting to understand better, Mr. Johnson. Can you give me a task to practice using adjectives? Teacher. Of course, Sarah. Here's a task for you. I want you to observe your surroundings and pick five objects. Then, I want you to describe each object using an adjective. For example, if you see a flower, you can describe it as beautiful or colorful. This exercise will help you practice using adjectives in a fun and interactive way. Sarah. That sounds like a great activity, Mr. Johnson. I'll do it right away. Thank you for explaining adjectives to me. Teacher. You're welcome, Sarah. Remember to take your time and enjoy the process of describing the objects. I'll be here if you have any questions or if you want to share your descriptions later. Sarah. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. I'll do my best. Teacher. Good morning, Michael. How are you today? Michael. Good morning, Ems. Thompson. I'm doing well, thank you. Teacher. I'm glad to hear that, Michael. Today, 
I want to talk to you about fashion and the word fashionable. Are you familiar with this word? Michael. Yes, I know a little about fashion. Fashionable means something that is trendy or stylish, right? Teacher. That's absolutely right, Michael. Fashionable is an adjective that describes something or someone who is following the latest trends in clothing, accessories, or style. It means being in fashion or having a sense of style. Can you think of any examples of fashionable items or people? Michael. I think people who wear fancy clothes and look stylish are fashionable. Also, I've seen fashionable shoes and handbags in stores. Teacher. Excellent examples, Michael. You have a good understanding of what it means to be fashionable. It's all about having a good sense of style and keeping up with the current trends. Let's try using fashionable in a sentence. How about this? She bought a fashionable dress for the party, and everyone complimented her on her sense of style. Michael. Oh, I see. So, we can use fashionable to describe someone's clothes or accessories. Teacher. That's right, Michael. Fashionable can be used to describe not only clothing but also accessories like bags, shoes, or even hairstyles. It helps us express our opinions about what we consider stylish or trendy. Michael. Can you give me more examples of adjectives related to fashion, Ms. Thompson? Teacher. Of course, Michael. Here are a few more examples. Stylish, trendy, chic, elegant, and fancy. These adjectives are similar to fashionable and can be used to describe fashionable items or people. For instance, we can say he has a stylish haircut or she wore a fancy necklace to the party. Michael. I'm starting to understand better, Ms. Thompson. Can you give me a task to practice using adjectives related to fashion? Teacher. Absolutely, Michael. Here's a task for you. I want you to find three pictures of fashionable outfits or accessories from magazines or the internet. Then, describe each picture using an adjective related to fashion. For example, if you find a picture of a trendy dress, you can describe it as stylish or fashion forward. This exercise will help you practice using adjectives related to fashion and improve your vocabulary. Michael. That sounds like a fun activity, Ms. Thompson. I'll search for the pictures and describe them using the adjectives you mentioned. Thank you for explaining fashion to me. Teacher. You're welcome, Michael. Remember to be creative and have fun while completing the task. If you need any help or have any questions, feel free to ask. I'm here to support you. Michael. Thank you, Ms. Thompson. I'm excited to do the task and improve my English skills. Teacher. Good morning, Emily. How are you today? Emily. Good morning, Mr. Anderson. I'm doing well, thank you. Teacher. That's great to hear, Emily. Today, I'd like to talk to you about tailor-made suits. Have you ever heard of a tailor-made suit? Emily. Yes, I think so. Is it a suit that is specially made for a person by a tailor? Teacher. Excellent, Emily. You're absolutely right. A tailor-made suit, also known as a bespoke suit, is a suit that is custom-made to fit a specific person's measurements and preferences. It is created by a skilled tailor who takes precise measurements and carefully crafts the suit to ensure the perfect fit. Emily. That sounds interesting, Mr. Anderson. Can you tell me more about tailor-made suits? Teacher. Certainly, Emily. When someone wants a tailor-made suit, 
They visit a tailor shop where a professional tailor takes their measurements and helps them choose the fabric, design, and details they want for their suit. The tailor then uses these measurements and specifications to create a unique suit that fits the person perfectly. It's a personalized and high-quality option for those who value fit and style. Emily, that's fascinating. Can you give me an example of how to use tailor-made suit in a sentence? Teacher, of course, Emily. Here's an example. John wanted to look his best for the wedding, so he decided to have a tailor-made suit made. The suit fit him perfectly and made him feel confident and stylish on the special day. In this sentence, we use tailor-made suit to describe a suit that is custom-made for John, giving him a great fit and enhancing his appearance. Emily, I understand now. So, a tailor-made suit is unique to each person and ensures a perfect fit. Teacher, exactly, Emily. That's the beauty of tailor-made suits. They are individually crafted to meet each person's specific measurements and style preferences. This personalized approach ensures a comfortable and stylish fit. Emily, can you tell me more about other types of suits, Mr. Anderson? Teacher, certainly, Emily. Besides tailor-made suits, there are also ready-to-wear suits and made-to-measure suits. Ready-to-wear suits are pre-made and available in standard sizes. Made-to-measure suits are a middle ground between ready-to-wear and tailor-made. They are partially pre-made but can be adjusted to some extent to fit a person's measurements. Emily, that's interesting. So, tailor-made suits offer the most customized fit and style. Teacher, that's correct, Emily. Tailor-made suits are the epitome of customization and personalization. They allow individuals to have a suit that is uniquely theirs, perfectly tailored to their body shape and style preferences. Emily, thank you for explaining tailor-made suits to me, Mr. Anderson. Can you give me a task to practice using this new vocabulary? Teacher, absolutely, Emily. Your task is to imagine that you are attending a special event. Like a formal dinner or a graduation ceremony, write a short paragraph describing how you would feel and what you would wear if you had a tailor-made suit for that occasion. Use the vocabulary we discussed, including tailor-made suit, to describe your outfit and the confidence it gives you. This exercise will help you practice using the new vocabulary in a creative way. Emily, that sounds like a fun activity, Mr. Anderson. I will write the paragraph and make sure to use the new vocabulary correctly. Thank you for helping me improve my English skills, teacher. You're welcome, Emily. I'm glad you find it enjoyable. Remember to express yourself and be imaginative in your writing. If you have any questions or need any assistance, feel free to ask. I'm here to support you, Emily. Thank you, Mr. Anderson. I'm excited to complete the task and learn more. Teacher, good morning, David. How are you today, David? Good morning, Mrs. Johnson. I'm okay, thank you. Teacher, I'm glad to hear that, David. Today, I wanted to talk to you about quarrels and conflicts. Have you ever been in a quarrel or argument with someone, David? Yes, sometimes my sister and I argue about small things. Teacher, that's quite common, David. Sometimes disagreements and conflicts happen between people. When two or more people have a disagreement and express their differing opinions or feelings in a heated or angry way, we call it a quarrel or an argument. 
It's important to learn how to handle such situations appropriately. David, how can we handle quarrels properly, Mrs. Johnson? Teacher, that's a great question, David. The first step is to remain calm and try to understand the other person's perspective. It's important to listen to their point of view and express your own thoughts in a respectful manner. Avoid shouting or insulting the other person, as that can escalate the situation. Instead, try to find a solution or compromise that works for both parties. David, so we should stay calm and listen to the other person during a quarrel. Can you give me an example sentence using the word quarrel? Teacher, absolutely, David. Here's an example. Jane and her friend had a quarrel about which movie to watch. They both had different preferences, but eventually they decided to compromise and watch a movie they both liked. In this sentence, we use the word quarrel to describe a disagreement between Jane and her friend. David, I understand. It's important to find a solution or compromise during a quarrel. Teacher, yes, David. Finding a solution or compromise is crucial to resolving conflicts. It's also important to communicate openly and honestly, expressing your feelings and concerns while respecting the other person's perspective. David, can you give me more examples of words related to quarrels or conflicts? Teacher, certainly, David. Here are a few examples: disagreement, dispute, argument, clash, and confrontation. These words describe different aspects of conflicts and can be used to talk about quarrels or disagreements between people. David, I'm starting to understand better, Mrs. Johnson. Can you give me a task to practice using these words? Teacher, absolutely, David. Here's a task for you. I want you to think of a situation where you had a disagreement or quarrel with someone. Write a short paragraph describing the conflict, how you handled it, and what you learned from the experience. Try to use some of the words we discussed, like quarrel or disagreement, in your writing. This exercise will help you practice using the vocabulary and reflect on conflict resolution. David, that sounds like a helpful activity, Mrs. Johnson. I will write the paragraph and make sure to use the new vocabulary correctly. Thank you for guiding me through this, teacher. You're welcome, David. I'm glad you find the activity helpful. Remember to express yourself and reflect on the resolution process in your writing. If you have any questions or need further guidance, feel free to ask. I'm here to support you, David. Thank you, Mrs. Johnson. I'll do my best and ask for help if I need it. Teacher, good morning, Sarah. How are you today, Sarah? Good morning, Mr. Davis. I'm feeling a bit down today. Teacher, I'm sorry to hear that, Sarah. Is there something bothering you? Sarah, yes, I had an unpleasant experience yesterday, and I can't stop thinking about it. Teacher, I understand, Sarah. Sometimes we encounter unpleasant situations that can affect our mood. Would you like to talk about what happened, Sarah? Yes, that would be helpful. Yesterday, I had an argument with my best friend, and it made me feel really sad. Teacher, I'm sorry to hear that, Sarah. Arguments with friends can be tough. The word "unpleasant" is a good way to describe situations or experiences that make us feel unhappy, uncomfortable, or not enjoyable. It's important to remember that unpleasant experiences are a part of life, but we can learn from them and grow stronger. Sarah, 
That makes sense, Mr. Davis. Can you give me an example sentence using the word unpleasant? Teacher. Of course, Sarah. Here's an example. Going to the dentist can be an unpleasant experience for some people, but it's necessary for maintaining good oral health. In this sentence, we use the word unpleasant to describe the feelings some people have when they visit the dentist. Sarah. I see. So, unpleasant is used to describe things that make us feel unhappy or uncomfortable. Teacher. Exactly, Sarah. That's a great way to understand it. Unpleasant is often used to describe experiences, situations, or feelings that we would rather avoid or find difficult. Sarah. Can you give me more examples of words related to unpleasant? Teacher. Certainly, Sarah. Here are a few examples. Distasteful, uncomfortable, displeasing, offensive, and disturbing. These words are similar to unpleasant and can be used to describe things that are not enjoyable or make us feel uncomfortable. Sarah. Thank you, Mr. Davis. I'm starting to get a better understanding of these words. Can you give me a task to practice using them? Teacher. Absolutely, Sarah. Here's a task for you. I want you to think of three different situations that you found unpleasant or uncomfortable. Write a short paragraph describing each situation and how it made you feel. Try to use some of the words we discussed, like unpleasant or discomfort, in your writing. This exercise will help you practice using the vocabulary and reflect on your experiences. Sarah. That sounds like a helpful task, Mr. Davis. I will write the paragraphs and make sure to use the new words correctly. Thank you for guiding me through this. Teacher. You're welcome, Sarah. I'm glad you find the task helpful. Remember to express yourself honestly and reflect on your feelings in your writing. If you have any questions or need further guidance, feel free to ask. I'm here to support you. Sarah. Thank you, Mr. Davis. I'll do my best and reach out if I need help. Teacher. Good morning, Alex. How are you today? Alex. Good morning, Ems. Johnson. I'm feeling a bit upset. Teacher. I'm sorry to hear that, Alex. Is there something specific bothering you? Alex. Yes, I got into a fight with my classmate yesterday, and I don't know how to handle it. Teacher. I understand, Alex. Fights or conflicts can be difficult to deal with. Let's talk about it and find ways to handle such situations. First, can you tell me a little bit about what happened? Alex. Well, we were playing a game during recess, and we started arguing about the rules. It quickly escalated into a physical fight, and I'm not sure how to make things right. Teacher. I'm sorry to hear that, Alex. It's important to remember that physical fights are not the right way to resolve conflicts. The word fight can refer to a physical altercation, but it can also mean a strong disagreement or argument between people. Alex. I see. So, fight can describe both physical conflicts and disagreements. Teacher. Exactly, Alex. That's correct. Fight can be used to describe both physical altercations and verbal disagreements. It's essential to find healthier ways to resolve conflicts and express our feelings without resorting to physical violence. Alex. Can you give me an example sentence using the word fight? Teacher. Of course, Alex. Here's an example. Tom and Jerry had a fight over who would get the last slice of pizza. They argued loudly, 
but eventually, they decided to share it. In this sentence, we use the word fight to describe a disagreement between Tom and Jerry about the pizza. Alex. I understand. So, fight can also describe arguments or disagreements between people. Teacher. Yes, that's correct, Alex. Fight can be used to describe any strong disagreement or conflict between individuals. It's important to find peaceful resolutions and communicate effectively to resolve conflicts. Alex. Can you give me more examples of words related to fight? Teacher. Certainly, Alex. Here are a few examples. Quarrel, dispute, conflict, altercation, and confrontation. These words are similar to fight and can be used to describe different aspects of conflicts or disagreements between people. Alex. Thank you, Enns. Johnson. I'm starting to get a better understanding. Can you give me a task to practice using these words? Teacher. Absolutely, Alex. Here's a task for you. I want you to imagine a situation where you had a disagreement or argument with someone. Write a short paragraph describing the conflict, how you resolved it peacefully, and what you learned from the experience. Try to use some of the words we discussed, like fight or quarrel, in your writing. This exercise will help you practice using the vocabulary and reflect on conflict resolution. Alex. That sounds like a helpful activity, Ems. Johnson. I will write the paragraph and make sure to use the new words correctly. Thank you for guiding me through this. Teacher. You're welcome, Alex. I'm glad you find the activity helpful. Remember to express yourself honestly and reflect on the peaceful resolution process in your writing. If you have any questions or need further guidance, feel free to ask. I'm here to support you. Alex. Thank you, Enns. Johnson. I'll do my best and reach out if I need help. Teacher. Good morning, Lisa. How are you today? Lisa. Good morning, Mr. Thompson. I'm feeling a bit upset. Teacher. I'm sorry to hear that, Lisa. Is there something specific bothering you? Lisa. Yes, my friend did something to hurt my feelings, and I'm finding it hard to move past it. Teacher. I understand, Lisa. Forgiveness can be challenging, but it's an important skill to learn. Let's talk about it and explore ways to forgive others. Can you tell me a little bit about what happened? Lisa. Well, my friend accidentally broke my favorite toy, and I was really mad at them. I want to forgive them, but it's difficult. Teacher. I see, Lisa. Forgiveness is a process that allows us to let go of anger and resentment towards others. It's important to understand that forgiving someone doesn't mean forgetting what happened or pretending it didn't hurt. It means finding a way to move forward and heal the relationship. Lisa. So, forgiveness means letting go of anger and resentment towards others? Teacher. Yes, that's right, Lisa. Forgiveness is about releasing negative feelings and finding peace within ourselves. It's a way to restore harmony and understanding in our relationships. Lisa. Can you give me an example sentence using the word forgive? Teacher. Certainly, Lisa. Here's an example. After some time, Lisa found it in her heart to forgive her friend for breaking her toy. She realized that holding on to anger was not helping their friendship. In this sentence, we use the word forgive to describe Lisa's decision to let go of her anger and resentment towards her friend. Lisa. I understand. So, forgive is about making a decision to let go of negative feelings towards someone. 
Teacher. Exactly, Lisa. Forgiveness is a choice we make to release negative emotions and move forward in a positive way. It's important to remember that forgiving someone doesn't mean condoning their actions or pretending everything is okay. It's about finding inner peace and allowing room for healing. Lisa. Can you give me more examples of words related to forgive? Teacher. Certainly, Lisa. Here are a few examples. Pardon, excuse, reconcile, absolve, and let go. These words are similar to forgive and can be used to describe the process of forgiving someone or letting go of negative emotions. Lisa. Thank you, Mr. Thompson. I'm starting to get a better understanding. Can you give me a task to practice using these words? Teacher. Absolutely, Lisa. Here's a task for you. I want you to think of a situation where someone did something that hurt your feelings. Write a short paragraph describing the situation, how you forgave the person, and what you learned from the experience. Try to use some of the words we discussed, like forgive or let go, in your writing. This exercise will help you practice using the vocabulary and reflect on the process of forgiveness. Lisa. That sounds like a helpful activity, Mr. Thompson. I will write the paragraph and make sure to use the new words correctly. Thank you for guiding me through this. Teacher. You're welcome, Lisa. I'm glad you find the activity helpful. Remember to express yourself honestly and reflect on your journey towards forgiveness in your writing. If you have any questions or need further guidance, feel free to ask. I'm here to support you. Lisa. Thank you, Mr. Thompson. I'll do my best and reach out if I need help. Teacher. Good morning, Mark. How are you today? Mark. Good morning, Mrs. Anderson. I'm feeling a bit confused. Teacher. I'm sorry to hear that, Mark. Is there something specific bothering you? Mark. Yes, I heard someone mention the word oblivion in a conversation, and I'm not sure what it means. Teacher. I understand, Mark. Oblivion is an interesting word. Let's talk about it and explore its meaning together. Can you tell me a little bit about the context in which you heard the word? Mark. Well, I overheard my parents talking about an old movie, and they said it fell into oblivion. I don't understand what that means. Teacher. I see, Mark. Oblivion is a word used to describe a state of being completely forgotten or unknown, especially in the context of things or ideas. When something falls into oblivion, it means that it has been completely disregarded or ignored over time. Mark. So, oblivion means being completely forgotten or ignored? Teacher. Yes, that's right, Mark. When we say something falls into oblivion, it means it has been neglected or overlooked to the point of being forgotten by most people. Mark. Can you give me an example sentence using the word oblivion? Teacher. Certainly, Mark. Here's an example. After the invention of smartphones, the use of traditional landline phones gradually fell into oblivion. In this sentence, we use the word oblivion to describe the state of traditional landline phones being forgotten or disregarded due to the rise of smartphones. Mark. I understand. So, oblivion is about something being forgotten or disregarded over time. Teacher. Exactly, Mark. Oblivion describes the state of something being completely forgotten or disregarded, often as a result of the passage of time or changing circumstances. Mark. Can you give me more examples of words related to oblivion? Teacher. Certainly, 
Mark. Here are a few examples. Unnoticed, ignored, neglected, anonymous, and forgotten. These words are similar to oblivion and can be used to describe the state of something or someone being disregarded or forgotten. Mark. Thank you, Mrs. Anderson. I'm starting to understand it better. Can you give me a task to practice using these words? Teacher. Absolutely, Mark. Here's a task for you. I want you to think of a situation or object that has been forgotten or ignored. Write a short paragraph describing it and explaining why it has fallen into oblivion. Try to use some of the words we discussed, like oblivion or forgotten, in your writing. This exercise will help you practice using the vocabulary and reflect on the concept of being disregarded. Mark. That sounds like an interesting task, Mrs. Anderson. I will write the paragraph and make sure to use the new words correctly. Thank you for guiding me through this. Teacher. You're welcome, Mark. I'm glad you find the task interesting. Remember to express yourself clearly and reflect on the reasons behind the state of oblivion in your writing. If you have any questions or need further guidance, feel free to ask. I'm here to support you. Mark. Thank you, Mrs. Anderson. I'll do my best and reach out if I need help.